0: Hello, you're listening to Living Alone Together, and I am your only host, Yen. Where should I start? So it's been exactly one week since I recorded my previous episode, and uh, I did remember to do it today. It's not sort of a, a lucky thing where I just ch- opened this this program or check my podcast um, data and then discover that, oh, it's been exactly one week. No. Um, I pretty much check my, my data every single day, if not multiple times a day, just because I like to see um, where my audience um is from it's kind of interesting i don't i don't care that much about the numbers as much as the um the ip or the location of my audience and uh in the past week we've been uh our list of countries um has been growing a little bit so we got some listeners from belize listening to this that's pretty great listeners from australia and uh bangladesh so that's 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 pretty cool. I think <laughs> I would never meet people from these places in real life. So it's great that we are expanding our our territory. <laughs> um, so welcome to my podcast. And for those uh, who are new, if you would like to leave a comment, please do so um, publicly. Or if you like to say something to me in private, you could email uh, email me at uh, Living alone together at T-U-T-A-N-O-T-A dot com um, So it's just an email that is um, that's only read by me, basically um, So great, so uh, welcome to the podcast if you're new and welcome back to the podcast for all of those who, um, who have been listening since the first episode um, So what do I want to talk about today? <laughs> A lot of odd things um, have happened to me in the past week, and they kind of make up the theme of this episode. Um, So what happened was, uh, recently I I sort of, I met a new person, or a few new people, and uh, we sort of hung out a little bit, and something really odd happened very recently. Um, one of them, uh, whom I've only known for one or two days, started talking to me about very, very private and very personal things. And uh, I didn't even ask. So so that got me thinking, what exactly is going on here? And why why is this fact, the fact that they, they told me so many things, um, sort of, Trub- troubles me. And I think it has a lot to do with how we tend to label our relationships and categorize people in our lives. Um, so so that's what I want to talk about today. And um, I want to discuss a little bit how... Um, how meaningful these um, these labels are, and how and why is it that we use those? We rely on these um, labels so much. Uh, don't don't close, <laughs> don't turn this off just because you think it's about interpersonal relationships. I, I'm not an expert on this. In fact, I don't have any friends. <laughs> um, I don't have many friends, let's say. Um, and I am indeed living living alone, so I'm not definitely not the best person to ask when it comes to interpersonal relationships. But um, just because I don't have, let's say, many friends, um, it doesn't mean that I don't think about this kind of thing. And um, in fact, I think it occupies my mind pretty. Um, pretty frequently and intensely at times, um, the the question of meaningful relationships and the content or how we deal, the content of these relationships and how we deal with people in general, that's that's one thing that's um, always on my mind. Um, Partially because I'm always confused by them, but also because people are interesting and how people deal with others, um, is also pretty interesting to me. so um that's kind of where I want to start today With why why is it that we give labels to our relationships and how how do these labels actually help us navigate the world right? Um, I think it it kind of it's kind of related to the question of the uh what what did I call it? Um, The view of civilization, is that it? Yeah, (laughs) because I had an episode where I talked about um, how a lot of our routines and habits um, really are inherently empty, but they reflect our ideal of what civilization should look like. For example, having uh, work attire versus home attire. Um, You can can listen to that if you're interested. And today I think I want to transfer that I want to sort of investigate that concept when it when it has to do with people right um in the past I discussed a little bit about uh, co-workers and today I'm not going to talk about that too much I I really want to focus on on friends family and friends mostly because I think this is actually the trickiest um part um so back to what's started this whole thing. Basically, um, this person, let's just call him um, Albert. <laughs> well, um, so I met Albert very recently, and um, just one or two days after meeting him, he started talking to me about his past history with his with, with his family and sort of some very, very big trauma that... Happened um, to him when he was a kid and stuff like that, and it's really sensitive. And I personally wouldn't say that, I wouldn't share that to anyone um, whom I've only met for a few days, and not necessarily even um, with anyone I've known for a long time. So, so, so it it kind of came as a surprise, um, cause I wouldn't call myself. Albert's friend yet, I would say we are potentially going to be friends. Um, it's just that so far we, uh, we've just known each other for a few days, but uh, we've been friendly, but it doesn't mean that we could become friends. And so a lot of things came into my mind, and I'm trying, I think in this episode, I'm just going to break it down in public what I think this could be. Mean and also why it happened and uh, how I should uh, sort of mo- moderate or change my model of the world. is that even a white w- word? yeah, how I should change my model of the world um, based on new data, I guess. <laughs> so okay so so basically it was we had we had um we had lunch together, and after that, we just started talking, and um, one thing led to another. <laughs> he he just started talking about his past, and his childhood, and some horrible things that happened to him when he was a child, and um, I, I was able to um, ask a little bit more, but not to um, to probe too much, but just to continue that conversation without without making him think that you no know, I, I don't want to listen to this. In, in fact, I am I was quite interested in the topic because well for two reasons. First of all, the um the story itself was um it was pretty fascinating, but second of all, I wanted to know exactly where the sharing of that story would lead um would lead to and and also what was the point of his sharing of the story like was he trying to um get some kind of the was he trying to get the same kind of story from me and by offering his own story first or was he just simply it was just like a spur of a moment thing and he just wanted to to share with someone and so i thought a lot i thought very deeply about this this um, this day um, in the well last week uh, I still don't have a conclusion yet. Um, oh by the way what happened was before I could really probe into that story um, we had to we had to part and so we haven't really talked about that that conversation after that day yet because I I really am not sure how to approach him after that um, um, and I'm not sure if it's appropriate to, to continue with it, or should I, should I just con- should I just pretend that it never happened, or, you know, I'm still trying to sort out my feelings about this and what could be his intention with that. So it's it's still it's still an ongoing thing. So there's no conclusion yet, and that's the exact point of this podcast. I think I just want to analyze a little bit that situation and what kind of um, other thoughts um, it's brought me. So, so yeah. So what I've been thinking is that I there's no there's no reasonable or traditional formula that could explain that conversation. Um, for example, personally, I have a few very, very, very um, let's say intense stories about myself that I've only shared with. Um, someone I was in a relationship with or a really really good friend so not more than three or five people uh, in my life and and so to me um it was pretty it's it's something new what what whatever happened um between me and between Albert and I between Albert and I between us between Albert and me (laughs) all right that's on the point okay Okay. The point is, the point is, I personally wouldn't do it, and so when Albert did it, I was, um, I just didn't know how to handle it. Although I think I handled it okay because we parted um, very shortly after he started the story, so we didn't really get to explore the whole um, thing. But still, I think we are still in the aftermath of the conversation. So, as I said, it's not closed yet the case, but um so, so, um, what I've been thinking is that I have a few theories about this, okay? The first one is I think he probably it's probably a natural development as saying when one has this kind of um trauma in their life i uh, I suppose that one cannot always plan when they want to share the story, and sometimes because it's so deeply rooted in your in your consciousness or in your subconscious. I suppose uh, you just sometimes these things just pop out like that. And um, precisely because it's something you want to bury, um, you cannot control it. And I think that could be a very reasonable explanation for what happened between us. Um, And so he probably didn't plan to tell me this. He He probably wasn't using it as a bait uh, for my story. And... Because if if he did... It's such a... It's not a good move in my opinion. So I think... The most likely explanation... Is that... It really just... It was a natural development. That's it. Um, um, so... Instead of searching for... Some sort of... Quote-unquote superficial topics... Like... What kind of food you like... Or music... Things like that. Um, perhaps... Uh perhaps because he didn't want uh the conversation to go that way, his subconscious took the better hold of him and just and things just just popped out like that, and he had no control over it. I think that's the most likely uh likely explanation um another explanation I suppose is not it's not just it's not about how deeply buried that incident or that story is in him, in his mind. It really is just that, um, in general, when we converse with other people, we cannot really control that much um, how the conversation is, um, is going and what we're going to talk about. I think, for example, well, unless you're in a really, let's say, controlled situation, um, for example, in, in, in the office or yeah, in the office with your co-workers, unless you're in that kind of situation where you more or less could um, have some control of the direction of the conversation. I think in all other social situations, in general, it's just not very easy to be so intentional with your, with your words and your choice of topic. And so combined with the first theory, which is that, that story of his um, is so buried under his subconscious I think combined with that and I think for the second reason which is that this is just a natural part of human mentality, naturally this thing would pop out I think because we were um, we, we we are not co-workers and we're not family or well-defined um as you know, not w- our relationship isn't well defined yet. We just we've just met for for two days or something, so um, it it was uh, more difficult um, than usual to really decide what you want to talk about. I think um, so. That got me thinking. So the point is not Albert. The point is also not his story. The point is also not you know what exactly is this kind of relationship. The point is, I think. Th- well, this got me thinking. Um, what exactly is the point of of labeling our relationships in general? Um, because I think people often do that um, too intentionally. They actively search for, at least I think, um, a lot of people actively search for a definition um, of their relationship with a particular person. And most often, of course, this happens when you're Involved romantically in one way or another and um, people are eager to know you know are we actually are we just friends or are we in a relationship or are we potentially uh, I don't know can we can we get married or something like that I don't know the, the point is well but not just that also sometimes um, particularly when you're using social media, I suppose when you're deciding um, sort of your when you're making your privacy settings, I, I don't use them that much. I, I mean, I mean, I don't use any of them. But I know that you can set up some privacy settings, and then you, um, in that process, I suspect you do have to go through some uh, conscious decisions. You have to make some conscious decisions to s- to you know, to see if you want some a particular person to see this or, that or not. And so I think with um, social media, it becomes even more, uh, it becomes more on the surface, this division thing, where you decide, okay, if person X or Y or Z um, actually belongs to this circle or that circle. And well, to, uh, for starters, you got to, Decide how many circles you've got, um, and so the whole process I think um, gets intensified by the inven- by the invention of social media. But um, who who is to say that social media are the culprit? I, I would say maybe it's because we naturally like to do that. That's why we use social media. So that's my that's not my topic today, right? So th- the point is the point is, I do think that most of the people today, more or less, um, do a lot of labeling, right? So not necessarily consciously, but um, often I think they categorize um, a lot of things about another person, either what kind of, let's say, You know, you could have a lean. Basically, I would say there are two axes, right? There is a vertical dimension and a and a horizontal dimension. Let's say, I would say the horizontal dimension refers to the uh, quality of your relationship or the type of relationship it is. And so, for example, I would say my mom is my family, and uh, person X is my friend, person Y is my coworker. That is a let's just call it a horizontal division <laughs> another type of division is closeness so you could have a very close friend whom you feel is closer than a very um, not close aloof uh, family right so, so so I think I think most of us uh, do subconsciously have these two axes the the closeness measure and the type measure, or the hor- the horizontal aspect of it, or, yeah, this more superficial um, label. And and um, I just developed this axis um, system just now, but I, I think it's probably valid. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, I wonder just um, exactly why we do this and what good has it brought us um, when we do that. So let's say when I say, all right, um, on this horizontal thing, on this type measure, you are a friend and you are a very, very close friend versus, um, oh, you are a very close co-worker, right? I wonder what kind of measure is actually more uh, relevant to, to yourself and to your life when it comes to yeah, whether it's more important to see how close you are with the relation or with the person or what type of relationship it is, and I think so far I would say that we spend too much time on the horizontal measure, as in we tend to we're more eager to classify this person as a potential lover or <laughs> or just a, a uh, I don't know. Um, uh, correspondence or an acquaintance or a co-worker and all that. And I think often a lot of our relationship troubles uh, stem from the fact that we do this horizontal or the type measure and we don't do enough of the vertical measure. And um, I, you know what? I bet there's a psychologist who, who has a proper name for this horizontal and vertical uh, axes but yeah, I don't know. I, I think <laughs> it's pretty intuitive, right, what I'm talking about. I hope it is. Um <laughs> um and so I think I think that's where a lot of well okay that's where a lot of my personal troubles stem from because often I'm just confused by this. Um I would for example in the Albert example, let's say I would I would think that Albert is still just in acquaintance and yet he is um, well he he gave me a lot of information that I believe only a very close friend would do and um, that's very very confusing to me because um, he neither the vertical or the horizontal um, axis fits our situation, fits the description of of Albert. Um, That's why it got really confusing. Um, I think it's easier if there's only one mixture, let's say a co-worker um, acting like a friend or a friend uh, becoming more and more close, right? I think if only the horizontal or the vertical axis is um, a little bit, um, has been changed, then the confusion wouldn't be so much. But, but the case with Albert is that both axes are tilted to a certain extent. And so that's why I spend so much time analyzing the situation. And I'm thinking that perhaps maybe if we got and. Okay, and okay, I need to elaborate this a little bit. And the thing is, I think there's an automatic correspondence between the horizontal and the vertical axis. For example, people tend to sort of just place... Um, friends and family as the closest type of relationship in their lives. And, and co-workers, acquaintances are more or less by definition farther away on, on your vertical axis. And so often the horizontal label would imply the vertical label, right? How What a person fit into would imply how close you should be with the person. So it's more of a... A normative kind of situation where uh, oh okay because you're a co-worker you have you have to be not too close to me right whereas if you're a family i have to be unconditional with my love and all that and and that's where a lot of the <laughs> well that's what a lot of uh, the psychology psychology or self-help books are about because things don't play out so nicely right your family could be not so close um with you or your uh whom you believe to be merely a an acquaintance would ac- could actually mean too much to you in your opinion right and so i think that's why that's why we do have to separate these two axes and to um or even to, to get rid of the horizontal axis altogether all because i think in the end, the horizontal axis, the labels there, aren't so the ticks, right? The ticks on the on the axis aren't so relevant in in today's world. Um, I think it is not necessary that, um, let's say, my family living in another continent is actually closer to me than my neighbor um, living just beside me, right? And 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 yet because of the label because this person is quote-unquote merely a neighbor um they i i sort of my default mode of interacting with this person is to be to have a certain distance right to not share too many things with them but only food only (laughs) right and you know i i hope you know what i where i'm getting at and so so after the Albert situation, I've been analyzing, I've been thinking how we could actually um, analyze where we are with, our, with all of the people we know, right? How to situate or orient ourselves in relation to the people in our lives. And instead of giving them what used to be the type, um, you know, what used to be the horizontal measure, I think... I think we have to give a more um, qualitative analysis of our relationships, Um, which is to say, um, how, let's say, which is to actually look at what we've been doing with this person in the past, and what kind of comfort this person has provided you, what kind of help and support and support they've brought you, and how important you value sorry, how much you value these interactions and just to, to ditch that horizontal label altogether. Obviously, sometimes they could align with your intuition where, uh, let's say, you are your best friend, uh, sorry, you are your mother's best friend or something like that. That could often happen, but it's just that I think when it doesn't align, when the when your intuition of that horizontal measure doesn't align with the Let's say the um, vertical measure. I think it's time to to practice. Okay, I don't. I don't want to give advice. Okay, this is just <laughs> this is just my personal decision. This is my decision, and and no one in the world has to follow this. It's just I'm just talking to myself, basically. <laughs> I'm just trying to be. Re- Reanalyze my relationships, and so so as to not get so uh, so um, shocked when someone I suppose to be very close to me doesn't share something with me, or someone I suppose to be not so close to me shares a lot with me, right? Um, I think we, I think I gotta practice a little bit, looking at the individual as an individual rather than. Um, labeling them as a certain type of person in my life not just that perhaps another day we can talk about other labels right um let's say that they are a um who is a certain age I, I i just don't think these labels help that much and often they just confuse um just confuse me and but today i just want to talk, focus on my personal relationships so so yeah i think well, what's an example of, of doing an analysis on the vertical axis? Well, first of all, closeness is a certain thing. Uh, how f- close I I feel when I talk to them and how much do I feel like I can reveal when I'm talking to them. And I think often that closeness comes with time. So someone whom you've known for a long time naturally you could feel like it's more likely that you would feel closer to them but often that's not the case obviously you're your uh, the classmate you've known for 20 years probably don't doesn't talk to you anymore so that doesn't have to do with closeness but i think often there there is a pro- probably a positive correlation between closeness and time you've known each other so and and so well okay closeness is still a very vague thing i think i would label closeness by how much of my personal story I would share with them and and maybe in the case of Albert he felt like even though we've only known each other for a few days he already feel like he could um he could just share spill out all of the all of his past to me I don't know um and so that's one thing closeness um and well, time well, time has to do with it. closeness, and all, and I, I think this situation also has to do with it. So perhaps there was an element of um, um, you know being in a, a special place that made someone you've not known for too long want to share a lot with you, right? For example, maybe it's because. Uh, Albert and I didn't meet in a usual situation. It's not, you know, when we're in a bookstore on the streets or <laughs> or just in the cafe and then he talked to me. Nothing like that. So maybe it's in a really... It's because we were both on, on vacation and, you know, we were both in a exotic place or whatnot. I don't know. I'm just making up the situation. But the idea is just that where or the atmosphere at the time or the vibe at the time, I think, could also alter the traditional metrics of closeness which is to say uh, when in general closeness is generated by time um, if you are given if you're both thrown into a very um, unique situation or that has a certain type of vibe um, then you could quickly generate that sense of closeness uh, in a very short period of time. And, and maybe the atmosphere is going to override all of the other elements of closeness, right? Something like that. I, I suspect that is also a way to look at this. So um, I think a good example is if you are, if you are on, on a, let's say, a blind date or something... That is blind, uh, sorry, that is vaguely romantic. Um, or if you are personally, I think if you're in an aquarium or a zoo or you know something that looks like a dating like like a dating site, dating site, like a, a place where couples go to, I, I would say I would say that kind of environment could ge- could generate that vibe of closeness very quickly, even though you've only known each other for. For a very short period of time, for some reason, personally, aquarium does it to me. (laughs) I've not been to an aquarium for a long time. Um, But for you, it may be a a drink or coffee or whatever, right? So, so I think that kind of element. Well, it's a it's different things for different people, and but I think there are certain elements that could sort of forge, yeah, forge an 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 idea or image of closeness between between you two even though you don't really know each other yet um, so but yeah I think closeness is a good measure um, and a good way to analyze your relationship with another person um, what else what what else is there I think activity also counts so obviously if all you do with this other person is tutoring them right they're your student then the relationship probably isn't going to progress much beyond the tutor teacher sorry tutor student relationship um but if you know each other from um you know you could know each other from work but then um somehow because of some emergency, you had to stay, have to work together. And then I think that moment is where two people could really bond. And basically, I think any situation that is beyond the ordinary one, so um, that is unexpected, could create, um, could be part of your Analysis, uh, part of your formula or your calculation of what exactly is your relationship with the, the other person, right? So, what you do together pretty much determines um, the content of your relationship. I think. Um, again, it has it, it is a little bit similar to closeness, although closeness, as I said, could be forged, quote unquote, by some sort of scientific <laughs> stuff. Um, for example, if you stare at each other for five or six seconds, apparently you could fall in love very quickly. I don't know. I've never tried that. I don't want to risk <laughs> that. Um, so so yeah, closeness is one thing. Um, activities is another. I think if you are yeah, if you know each other from from I don't know from just randomly on the street or something like that. I think it's going to generate a very different kind of vibe than if you started as um, co-workers, right? So it's kind of, there's kind of an unfair advantage and, you know, often often I think, you know, I have very nice co-workers. They're good people, they could be good friends, but often because of my because of my limiting, uh, sorry, because of the horizontal measure, I often just limit myself. And I think, you know, if we're co-workers, we can never be friends. And what a pity. I I, I could, uh, just very sad, Um, I would have been your good friend if we did not meet um, here, right? So I think activities is an important measure as well. Um, And this also has to do with your family, right? Suppose your your let's use a stereotypical example. Suppose your dad, all he's he's done with you is, you know, tutoring you or giving you life advice. Um, I would say that would take away the closeness element. And also you are no, the, the label of dad doesn't really mean as much. I think if mostly what you do together is having private lessons, let's say. I think... I think the, um, the fact that he's your dad probably doesn't do that much to your mentality or how you view this person, right? You just know that, okay, you're genetically related, but um, uh, honestly, you don't feel that close to him and um, you just treat him as a tutor in life, something like that, right? So I think activities really, really matter uh, when you're doing, when you're analyzing your relationship with another person. At least to me personally, I think where how we started and what we tend to do when we're each with each other, um, these metrics um, factor a lot. Um, another one, which is I would say, a a sub part of activities, is conversations. So. This is to me a very important metric when I evaluate my relationship with another person, or mostly with friends. Um it's it's um what we t- what I tend to talk about with this person. And um because I I do like to chat a lot online with my f- real life friends, um, y- you you tend to sometimes I feel like online chatting provides a good ground for experiment Uh, experimentation as in testing whether this friend could accept or like talking about this particular topic. Let's say um, for example (laughs) um, obviously there are things that I would only share with girlfriends um, and there are things that I prefer to share with male friends um, and um, there are certain things that are not really based on gender, for example, I wouldn't, you know, there there's a friend whom I would share my food pictures with. Um, there's another friend whom I would talk about how to save money and financial stuff. And so it's pretty interesting sometimes, occasionally to break the usual habit and to talk to this financial friend about love and relationship and all that. So and so from time to time I do test their limits or to see their reaction. (laughs) Um but it's pretty interesting. I think most of my friends they stay the same so so they would find it a little bit bizarre that you start talking about something you normally wouldn't share with them. So I find that kinda weird. I think I mean yeah it's kinda weird how people just um sort of fix their categories somehow i don't know how it works with other people but i i already like i cannot go back i already have some friends you know i already have several labels for different kinds of friend and i know that okay this friend i can talk to her about this and that and that friend is only for this and that and and i didn't do it intentionally it's just that they naturally form i don't know it's because it's their personality or it's because of the closeness metric or is it the activities metric, I don't know. But the nature of conversations, I think that's a good indicator of the nature of your relationship, I think. And um, I think also an extension of that uh, label is how you do your conversations. I think there is a huge difference between in-person conversation versus online conversation versus um, telephone, uh, phone conversation. So um, I do think there is a qualitative difference. And I I don't have an answer yet. Um, I don't prefer any particular form. I think it really depends on the the other person, what they prefer. I suspect it also has to do with closeness, and it's like a feedback loop kind of thing. Where if you do more of real life situations, sorry, real life conversations, maybe they become closer. I don't know, but I don't think I'm not sure yet because sometimes I do feel that there are certain things I'm more comfortable speaking, um, sharing when I'm doing an online chatting, right, rather than I, in person. Sometimes when you're when in person, you kind of cannot say anything. <laughs> So that's another thing, right? The nature of conversation that could be in my um, vertical um, um, axis. Another one that could factor in is I think perhaps just your mood and time of the day, but it's very vague. But there there are certain people I would like to talk to only at night or, you know, after work or when I'm exhausted. There are certain people I like to talk to more when I'm happy and want to share something. So anyway, I'm just saying that, you know, I think instead of giving them, categorizing um, the people in your lives based on some sort of superficial labels like friends family co-worker acquaintance neighbor I think I think um, it's actually quite interesting just to see um, exactly how certain people can break the usual horizontal um, um, boundaries uh, a, a co-worker could behave like a like a friend or um, a family member could behave like an acquaintance, obviously. So, and I think that kind of breaking of boundary, if that happens, I think the, you know, the certain main, uh, metrics that I discussed, uh, the closeness factor, the uh, activities factor, and the what is it, um, nature of conversation factor. Um, and the mood factor. I think obviously there are more. I think all of these factors could help explain what's going on between you two. Um, I'm not going to be a relationship expert, but I suspect, I suspect this could be useful for that as well. If you want to analyze where exactly you are at with a certain person, um, maybe you could look at this. I don't know. That's not what why I developed this. By the way, it's just, <laughs> it's just that. Um, I I suddenly think that uh, we really relied too much on the horizontal or the type um, measure, and we could use a little bit more of a vertical analysis by looking at how deep our relationship is with another person um, and the nature of our relationship. And I think I think it's gonna it's a magical thing if you can find someone who You really just met for a few days and yet have an immediate connection with them for um, unknown reasons and if you try very hard to break it down you could maybe find a few things that I talked about but then in the end there is probably still an unknown vibe kind of factor that you cannot break down but that's there that's holding the relationship as it is so I don't know I think I think that's something I'm gonna practice doing a little bit more in my personal life I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna write down things obviously but I think I'm gonna be more I'm gonna look a little bit more closely into how I interact with other people um and whether whether it's okay to break certain boundaries that are based on the horizontal axis so yeah wow (laughs) <laughs> I just winged the whole thing. I, I I honestly I didn't write any note for this. I just thought about this, well, on the spot really. Um, I just have a vague idea that, that I want to talk about um, the the uh, the labels in our lives. But then I didn't imagine that I could say so much. So yeah. Um, so that's what I that's been going. Um, that's been in my mind for the past well for the past forty minutes, but also for the past week because of the Albert incident. Um, <laughs> I would say it's a lovely thing in general when someone when it's going in the in the in the in the um, right direction. So when someone breaks the boundary and try to give you more, actually I'm not sure. I think perhaps it's because. I feel okay about that, um, but obviously, if you have if one person wants more and the the other person doesn't want that much, it could be it could mean trouble. But I think personally, um, yeah, it's it, it's a nice surprise if both of you quickly move forward or quickly yeah for whatever reason for some mm, mysterious reason you you just vibe really well and you break your horizontal metrics sorry yeah your horizontal metrics very very quickly and sort of nothing superficial is in your relationship i think that would be good i think that would that's how a deep and meaningful relationship develops and it's pretty rare I would I would say. Uh, let me take a drink. <laughs> Alright um so now this keeps him going. I think I feel like I can talk about this for a long time because you know I prepared another book which I thought was related to this which is which it is um so basically I I also read a book on Asperger's um just because just because it often confuses me. Just because I often analyze what people are saying and I, I often don't get things that other people do um and some people have said that i take things too literally and that i don't know how to take a joke or sometimes people point out that i don't understand the um unspoken rules and i'm just being a little bit strange and so i suspect there was a time when i suspect that i perhaps am an aspie and um and yet there isn't too much information on this and i I'm not going to get tested or anything. And I, d- I think I'm leaning towards the non Aspie, the neurotypical side. But there are certain Asperger's um, qualities that are very relevant to what I'm talking about today. And I suspect perhaps um, Asperger, well, an Aspie is someone who would hires who, who to the horizontal labels very, very much. Or, I mean, because they do not, they have to learn, they have to label their relationships to, before they can actually have a relationship with the other person, they need to, um, otherwise they cannot, they cannot them any kind of social relationship, or it's very difficult for them to do so, I suspect. Although, this is not official, okay, this is just my guess, based on reading a little bit about the... um, uh, about Asperger's syndrome um, and and I I would say maybe perhaps if someone well when if someone listens to my to this episode they could tell me that honestly only you would do that horizontal label thing. most people just deal with, people as they see them and just naturally and they wouldn't think overanalyze the situation blah 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 maybe it would turn out that i'm actually an aspie and that's why i have to have these two axes to help me navigate the world who knows but you know it's useful to me so today i was gonna do a little bit um i was gonna discuss a little bit about asperger's syndrome um because i think it's very interesting how like what counts as an Asperger's um, quality, and um, and it's really difficult, I think, to pinpoint exactly if is is uh, if a certain behavior is more like Asperger's or more like a neurotypical thing, because by definition, neurotypical people operate with unspoken rules, and there are just so many things that cannot be pointed out. And so if it's something that could be pointed out, um, you need to wonder if um, if fits the Asperger's view a little bit more, or the neurotypical view a little bit more, if you know what I'm talking about. So if something is no longer unspoken, then and it's a social rule that's no longer unspoken, is it because we are all Um, operating like an Asperger's at the moment that we've moved it to the surface or what, you know, I I don't know, I don't know. This is something I I do want to (laughs) explore a lot more um, in the future because I believe that a lot of people have certain Asperger's um, qualities or they do, there are certain qualities that are really just Very common and not necessarily just an um, an Aspie's quality, right? Um, So there, you know, there are some some social rules that nobody actually get in general. And I would say that conflicts arise precisely because we are like there are just too many things that that's difficult to gauge in this world. Uh, when it comes to social rules, right? So, so yeah, I do want to talk about Asperger's syndrome or Aspie's qualities a little bit next time. I, I think it's a, for a whole other episode because there's so many interesting things we can say. But in the end, I think that ties a little bit into what I've been talking about today with just the idea of the horizontal versus um, vertical axes. I'm not sure how you guys operate in the world, but to me... Um, in the past i've often relied too much on the horizontal labels and uh, i'm because of the albert incident i've decided that you know what I, i'm gonna look more into the uh the vertical one and just to measure our relationship based on the, the vertical um, metrics of course you you might ask well why in the world would you want to label relationship or why would you need any axis at all that's a good question i don't know it's just that it's just that um, I often feel, I often get hurt or surprised by other people. And there are just so many things that are unexpected and un- unpredictable when it comes to interpersonal stuff. And so sometimes it's very frustrating. And I do want to know a little bit more how I feel towards others as well, not just how objectively um, our relationship is. I, I think I do want to analyze what kind of quality I can deal with a little bit better when it comes to people. And so that's why I need these labels. I don't know. Um, I don't know how many people actually operate like this. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm unusual or maybe this is very common and everyone is just confused all the time or they just ignore their confusion. I don't know. But um, anyway, this is, after all, a podcast called Living Alone Together. <laughs> Which is to say, maybe we're all confused to a certain extent when it comes to interpersonal stuff. So I hope it helps. I don't know. Uh, I'm not intending to help anyone. I'm just trying to share what happened with uh, what happened to me the past week. Um, other than that, in Taiwan, just chit-chatting. Uh, in Taiwan, it's still very, very hot. Um, it's about 32 degrees every day. And I don't know what's going on. It's supposed to be autumn already. And I don't know what it's like in your country. And did I mention this already? We now have uh, 13 countries on our list. So that's very good. So yeah, uh, I think that's it for today. So thank you very much for your patience and for this access stuff. <laughs> um, I hope it's not over an uh, analysis, whatever it is. Um, Enjoy the, the rest of the day, the rest of your night, um, because we do have people from all over the world, and including now uh, Australia, I believe. Anyway, so enjoy the rest of your day, um, and have a nice nice week. I'll see you next week. <laughs> um, thank you. Bye-bye.